0: Hi, I'm Jamie Winker. Hi, I'm Dick Johnson. Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. You're listening to The V8 V8
1: Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on The V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Ravel.
2: Holdsworth is looking for Erebus to shine. Hopefully, yeah, get a big bundle of points and make up for the last couple of rounds. And Chasmostard is thinking that their test will help improve their results.
0: It's good to come to these test days and try and try and tune it up a little bit more and around that top 10 mark again.
2: That's all coming up today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders.
1: You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X magazine. V8X Magazine dedicated to just one thing V8 Supercars showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes.
0: Hi, this is Will Davison from the Pepsi Max crew for performance racing and you are listening to the V8 Insiders.
2: This week, the attention turns back to the racetrack with a new practice procedure on Friday seeing longer practice sessions. Two 75-minute sessions with endurance co-drivers taking the first 30 minutes of each session a half time break of only fifteen minutes will split the two sessions. Michael Caruso and James Moffat just spoke about how important the practice sessions will be this weekend
3: essentially it 's one big you know um, practice session, but uh, yeah the team 's been working uh, working well between uh, Townsville and and now, and uh, you know just trying to refine the cars a bit a bit more and We'll uh, definitely go up there and put our best foot forward. Norton Hornets Racing, we're looking forward to, as we haven't done a test day really this year uh, since the
4: season started, we're looking forward to getting that much track time and um, actually trying some things that we, you know, I guess haven't been, um, haven't been game enough to try given the, you know, the shorter sessions that uh, practice is normally about. So uh, long practice sessions, lots of testing and I guess... That'll give you a, a good, you know, no-one should go into Saturday, you know, scratching their head,
3: um, you know, we're, we're struggling with setup up because I think with that amount of practice time, it'll uh, hopefully get you and I. you know, every engineer should um, have an understanding of what they need for qualifying. Yeah, I think definitely it will uh, give us the opportunity um, to try some things that ordinarily we wouldn't be able to try on a, a normal practice day at a race meeting, because even though we have four half-hour practice sessions, it's funny how quickly those 30-minute sessions can get away from you in terms of time management and bits and pieces, and, um, you know, often at times you can be in a position where you might want to make a change to a car, and it can be a a big change, and um, you just physically don't have the time to, to get through that change, so... Um, this two seventy five minute sessions will I guess allow us to maybe a bit, be a bit more adventurous with a couple of the changes we want to possibly do to the cars so uh, and, and given the fact that you mentioned that we haven 't had a test day really since the start of the year, um, we 're certainly in a position where you know there are things that we 'd like to try on the car that we haven 't had an opportunity to do so far.
2: For Dick Johnson Racing, the release of a new book on the life and times of the motorsport hero have grabbed a lot of attention, Johnson revealing that the past six years have not only had a financial toll on the family, but also a serious health toll on Dick himself, saying that he turned to the bottle to try and get a peaceful night's sleep. Chaz Mossett told me what he thinks has been the difference at DJR since he's joined the team. I
0: think, um, you know, the, the team definitely had a good pace for them with the cars and all that kind of stuff, that being FPR cars and stuff like that. Um, I was very lucky enough to bring my engineer from the first round of development series with me, Adam Deborah, and hes oh, I put him in a bit of a guru status, and um, yeah, I, I definitely love working with him, and I think we've just been chipping away and, and getting the, you know, obviously having FPR with four cars and, and being up in the pointy end and using their data as much as we can. and and, you know, fine-tuning it for what I like a little bit different.
2: You can hear more from Chas Mostert on this week's Munro White Flag Lap. Lee Holdsworth is looking forward to a home race meeting this weekend at Queensland Raceway. I know Queensland Raceway
4: pretty well by now. I've done plenty of laps around it, so uh, and it's just up the road from me. So uh, it'll be nice to spend the weekend at home and cruise out to the track every day and um, hopefully yeah, get a big bundle of points and make up for the last couple of rounds.
2: He's mindful of the Victorian teams wanting to come to the northern home track and take the points. A few years back, the Victorian guys had come to Queensland and uh, and paced all the Queenslanders. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's a difficult track and always depends on the time of the day when qualifying is. Um, so we need to learn what the track's going to be like at certain parts of the day and with cloud cover and with, with the sunshine, um, the UV. So. It's uh, yeah, it's always very tough, and um, but we'll, I'm sure we'll go there with plenty of knowledge under our belt and something that we can um, we can work with for a good result. Rick Kelly has said that his team has got its sixty sixty format processes all worked out, and he's looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, sixty well, sixty racing for us is um, is down pad to a certain extent. I mean, there's not a lot um,
4: that we can do to, to alter. The result in that one we, we know there's a tight turnaround in between races Which is a challenge But for us the focus on the weekend Is um, is on the soft tyre it's, it's the first soft tyre event Full soft tyre event in a little while And um, it's obviously Queensland and Western that are both soft tyre events So um, we are looking I guess to improve our performance We've got a pretty good qualifying speed And race speed on the hard tyre Um, which has been great, but uh, for me personally, I
2: I, I really do need to boost um, my pace and tyre longevity on on
0: the
4: soft. So, with the uh, long practice sessions that we've got on the Friday, that's generally going to be our um, our aim.
2: Todd Kelly is going to enjoy more time on soft tyres and particularly the sprint races.
0: Uh, Well, two things. I really enjoy the shorter 60-60 races, just because you can get out there and the racing's pretty intense. Uh, you don't really need to focus on saving fuel or tyres. You've just got to focus on trying to get in front of the car that's in front of you. So it does produce good racing. It is good fun. Uh, and secondly, uh, I seem to really enjoy the soft tyre uh, a lot more than the hard. Uh, I enjoy racing on it uh, and even more so qualifying on the soft. And I think a lot of the better results I've got this year have been um, have been on the soft tyre. So certainly looking forward to the weekend. Uh, and, you know,
2: based off those things, it should be a good one. Ross Stone has spoken about how the team's been working hard to develop the new Erebus cars. But the big thing about where we're up to with the Erebus project here, with these cars, is that um, we're really, um, you know, climbing, making good progress. There's been some big steps and there's some, we're hoping to introduce some more New bits and pieces um, that should help us at Queens Queensland Raceway, and I, let me tell you, there's been 20, plenty of one o'clock two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, you know. So we're we're turning it around, and um, I'm confident that um, keep keep to our plan, we we can we'll get there. Scott McLaughlin has confirmed that he'll be staying with Gary Rogers Motorsport, which locks him into becoming a Volvo factory driver. McLaughlin will now stay with the team until the end of 2016. And finally, V8 supercars have secured the government support for all three Queensland races until the end of 2016. Premier Campbell Newman announcing the extensions this week, which will see the Gold Coast race reach its 25th anniversary. On this week's roundtable, Chris Jewell and Andrew Clark will preview the Queensland Raceway weekend. But that's the news on the V8 Insiders, brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Product. Check out the entire range today at www.nobrac.com.au. That's N-O-B-R-A-C.com.au.
1: News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Craig Lance. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
2: Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining me this week is Chris Jewel, the voice of V8 Supercars, and I should say the manager for Scott McLaughlin and uh, I guess it's fantastic news that Scott is next year going to be a factory driver, staying where he is at the moment at uh, Gary Rogers Motorsport.
4: Yeah, in the ever-changing world of V8 Supercar, with um, so many new manufacturers having come into the sport, I guess the days of black and white, Collingwood, Carlton, Ford and Holden are gone, and uh, Scott's been a lifelong Holden fan and always had dreams of emulating the feats of Greg Murphy and he's driving a Holden currently, but the future looks uh, like it'll be a different future for him. Obviously, no major surprise under the governance of a multi-year contract that he signed with Gary Rogers Motorsport at the end of last year, but he'll be moving out of a a red lion car to the Swedish-built Volvo for the future and who knows what the rest might uh, include, but yeah, I think the fact that he's got it up and about and out so early in in the piece is probably a way of ensuring that... um, the supposition is uh, is parked for a moment.
2: When a driver has got a, a situation with a team making a lot of changes, how many phone calls does the manager get asking about his availability and if he, in fact, wants to make a move?
4: Uh, it's interesting. Sometimes you'll have a long and detailed discussion at a race weekend and at the end of the day, the question might get asked, even though you've spent 10 or 15 minutes talking about all sorts of different things. And, um and then there are the occasional overtures you do get on the phone. But, look, it's not a massive amount of, um, of approaches because when you consider that certain people are already well under contract in their current confines, and albeit this time of year, and for this year specifically, there's going to be quite a lot of movement in the driver market, um, no, it's not like you're getting overtures all day, every day, not at all. But there are certain players who know uh, the constituent um, you know specifics of different contracts under the governance of different teams so they'll then you know, stay well away. It's a fairly small industry and most people tend to know what's going on, but it's not to say you don't have a few people who are making inquiry.
2: And, of course, uh, you have Nissan, Volvo, you have the AMG, Mercedes through Erebus Motorsport, along with the Fords and Holdens. Do you see many other manufacturers thinking that uh, they might have an opportunity here or do you think maybe the, uh, the cap is on now with uh, who's going to be in for 2014, and and uh, it'll all start up again about this time next year on who might be working their way in for 15 or 16.
4: I guess the challenge is um, really whether they're going to come in as a true manufacturer-supported uh, program, or whether they're going to actually be somewhat similar to the Erebus Motorsport operation, where there's not a lot of direct factory assistance, with exception of the aftermarket part of uh, of Mercedes and AMG through HWA. So. I don't know that we'll have time to bring in a, a fully-fledged factory-backed outfit for the start of next year, which is not to say that we might not have some different shapes uh, and some tin work uh, changes in some areas, and that may well be a precursor to a fully-fledged factory involvement thereafter. But there's nothing that specifically says the team cannot change mid-year, excepting the fact that they may well have manufacturer support. So. If you look at a Brad Jones Racing case in point, uh, if they're not receiving a lot of genuine hold and support, and it's hard to know if they really are, but you don't see a lot of signage on the cars, nothing would stop them, for instance, introducing a new car mid-year or even maybe debuting something at Bathurst, which would get a lot of media attention. So I think we need to park our attention from a calendar year and the perfect world scenario to embracing the thinking of what might work for others. Honda are doing it in Formula 1, taking a year to come in, and who knows what sort of work they'll do before they actually hit the track.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it, because uh, the lead times on getting cars ready to go is so long, you're better off not going half-baked in a lot of senses and coming out with a stable package, and then as soon as you're ready to roll, go, bang, and hit the track running.
4: Yeah, you're right, and I think it's pleasing, too, that there are some teams, you know, Gary Rogers Motorsport obviously moving to Volvo for the future, and Brad Jones Racing having a great year this year, so... It's not like uh, if they are being romanced in the background that the new manufacturers only have a couple of teams to look at. Yet 12 months ago, you'd be saying, well, can anybody beat FPR or AAA race engineering? And as it's turned out, we've had nine different winners from a multitude of different teams this year, and some others have improved their performance. So I think that it's actually it's exciting. The times ahead are exciting. And if you were the person pushing the barrow of your respective team, to a a prospective manufacturer, then you'd probably have to say that it's more likely that a Holden team, current Holden team, with 15 of them in the field at this point, will be the most likely. Hard to see us dropping, and let's hope we don't, below the six Fords. We've got the four Nissans and the three AMGs. So that really only leaves Brad Jones Racing, Lucas D'Umbrell, as the two that would be the most likely because you've got the eponymous outfit of, of Tony D'Alberto that's linked to Walkinshaw Racing, uh, the three Walkinshaw cars themselves, and then what uh, Red Bull are doing aligned to the, the techno team. So it makes sense that, that Brad Jones Racing, without knowing what they're truly up to, would be romancing the right partner for the right time.
2: Mm, and, of course, they're the, they're the team that everyone's focusing in on because uh, they are a team that's had links with other manufacturers over their period in motorsport
4: Yeah, you're right yeah great point and and to be quite honest you know when there was discussion about a new brand coming to the sport for its european origins my my gut feel that audi could well have been the next one to turn up and you know making it two german manufacturers in the sport but i guess the fact that we've now got a swedish mark there opens the door up for other people to have a look at it. we've you know, obviously heard some of the comments from uh, from jaguar and their their md or spokesperson whomever it may be that sort of lambasted the reasons why a European brand would get into V8 Supercar, but, you know, it can't be anything other than healthy for the sport when we've got a factory, genuine factory Nissan operation with four cars in it, Volvo's soon to come, and I clearly think there'll be one more at some point in 2014. Whether that means they're ready for the first race of the year or not, it's not that critical.
2: Mm. Well, of course, we have some racing ahead of us up there at Queensland and short races, soft tyres and a big change from what we saw up there in Townsville a, a few weeks ago.
4: Yeah, we're on the run, aren't we? A bit with um, with some of the things that tend to change. You know, obviously the format to race at Austin, Texas at Circuit of the Americas changed uh, with introduction of pit stops and a pit window, which really played into the hands of the strengths of uh, of Red Bull Racing. Conversely, the FPR cars and the Brad Jones cars appear to be very good over long distance, and we saw that reflected at Townsville most recently, uh, specifically for uh, for FPR. So we go into another new weekend with a change in the practice format from you know the previous practice sessions, which were. Were shorter and included um, you know, four or five different sessions prior to getting into qualifying, with the uh, the 75-minute pair of sessions on Friday that are compressed together. So in essence, it's almost like it's you know a three-hour test with a break in the middle. And I just wonder whether or not that actually could be a perfect timing to ensure that one, a few more people might wander through the gates to have a look at it, and two, there's a little bit more of a reason to be out there on a Friday and something to write about for the uh, for the press. Newshounds as well. My only concern with that is, is do we have enough tyres again?
2: Mm. And, of course, this meeting was scheduled to be two days and that's uh, another interesting change, isn't it? Because both of the two-day scheduled meetings have now been changed to three days. Obviously, before Bathurst, you can understand needing to get co-drivers tested and the like. So the Phillip Island change is a real head-scratcher in as much as Phillip Island struggles to draw a crowd over... Two race days, let alone putting the extra practice day in.
4: Yeah, you're right. I'm a great believer in two day race meetings. Um, seriously, I mean, if you consider that we're limiting each of the teams and drivers to one less set of tyres on a Friday at many rounds and having the farce of drivers being out there on wet weather tyres, just betting brakes and making sure everything's in accordance with their expectations from a mechanical sense. And that's a $2,000 investment, so we're saving $2,000. Yet the, the teams is already there. If they're 15 to 20 personnel taking up seven or eight hotel rooms at $200 a night, one extra night of being away from the base is going to cost you more than the savings in the tyres. So I think we need to revisit it. And sure, there are some prescribed support categories that have you know, nominated their interest and have their calendars built around what VH Supercar have done. So it's silly to imagine a bunch of Formula Ford kids are there for three or four days, VH Supercar are there for two. But I'm a great believer that there should well be more two-day meetings. I mean, in Britain, they have many two-day meetings and some one-day meetings. So if we were truly going to save some money in this sport that's ever increasing in costs, I believe that two-day meetings could well be a portent of the future.
2: Mm, well, we need to take a break here on The Van Insiders. Be
1: back with plenty more right after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine V8X the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage
2: Hi I'm Alexandre Prema from the Fujitsu JRM team and you are listening to the V8 Insider Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Unfortunately, Andrew Clark has uh, missed the boat, and Chris Jewell, the voice of V8 Supercars, joins me, Craig Ravel, And uh, Chris, fascinating Queensland Raceway. We talked about it being a two-day event, but what fascinates me even more is a 888 car, that is a built, 888 built car, has not lost a race since uh, 2009 when Will Davison in the uh, HRT car took a victory in Sunday's racing and from then on a triple eight car has won every single race and in the last two years which is a total of five races Craig Lowndes has not been beaten
4: Yeah, it's incredible I mean it is obviously their home test track and and when you consider that um, despite the fact that they've had so many race victories there for such a long period of time it's incredible to think that Jamie Wincup thus far has only managed to notch up just the one win i mean who would have thought that could have been a possibility when you consider what's gone on there in previous times so i mean back in 2010 i'm sure that james courtney actually won races in a falcon but of course it too was triple eight race engineering built so it has been an incredibly happy hunting ground Lowndes has actually amassed 11 career wins at this circuit the next best is garth tanner but yet jamie Wincup for whatever reason is on a single win despite having had three pole positions so Hasn't been as much testing at Queensland Raceway since it was resurfaced over the uh, off-season. A lot of people have actually been choosing to go to Morgan Park and doing some running around there. And there has been limited running. Certainly A Racing Deering have only ventured out onto the 3.1k QR circuit. But, you know, they were lost, completely lost last time out at Townsville. And it'll be interesting to see uh, how they bounce back because history tells us anything. Nobody bounces back harder than the Red Bull Racing operation. and. That could well be uh, bad news for a lot of the other teams, but good news for the championship because we've never had a closer championship heading into uh, the 22nd race of the year when we've got just that 111 points between Jamie Linkup and Craig Lowndes in that intra-team Red Bull battle. And if anything goes... A miss for those two runners this weekend. And the FPR cars are on song. Could well have three or four drivers coming into the championship battle as we head to the first of the Enduros a little bit later in the year with Wintom stuck in the middle. So the championship's come alive in the last couple of events. Let's hope it continues to be the case after this weekend's event.
2: Yeah, it's interesting too because HRT bounced back with that 1-2 victory and you could tell when you were speaking to the drivers after the race they were every bit as surprised as the fans were happy about the uh, result because they've just been missing it all too often and, you know, James might get the right setup and Garth would miss it and vice versa. But here we had a situation where the track strategy and the cars were fast enough to really deliver.
4: Yeah, and if you look at their histogram of performance, they are spending a lot of time on Friday doing in in practice testing clearly and that's the way they catch up because you only have the three allocated definitive test days at your disposal plus the fan and test day at the start of the year so you need to do a lot of the testing at the circuits and they are they are getting there but i just don't believe that they have got there like a lot of people are expecting i think they're probably a good bet for third to six that's their window and if things go right, then it might get better than that. Garth's always great over a single flying lap, and he proved that in the shootout as well, where he actually dragged the car up into a good spot. And, of course, that strategic thinking, which only five cars deployed in that second minute of Townsville uh, worked out to be a great uh, result for them. And when you consider when Garth made contact with the outside wall at Turn 10, The car immediately behind him that he'd been passing was Scott McLaughlin. Three laps later, the safety car came out. Yet at the end of the race, McLaughlin finished 39 seconds behind Garth Tanner despite having similar pace throughout the race. So that just shows you how right they actually got that call and how right they worked out that the soft compound tyres under a lightning fuel load were going to work towards the end of the race. And uh, clearly both HRT cars and a couple others thrown in, Tony D'Alberto, case in point, benefited from that but that's the game it's a thinking game and there's nothing to say that that won't happen again this weekend
2: and the critical thing of course is that you have Nissans not having to worry about fuel economy you have uh, an improved performance by Erebus who certainly getting their first couple of top tens Maro Enkel showing that he is going to be a, a force to be reckoned with once all the car and chassis issues are sorted and you know it's it's really going to be an interesting meeting because a lot of the people around the edges have got their acts together now and are finding the uh, the setup
4: Yeah, you're right. And I wouldn't mind betting that the Erebus cars are quite quick at this event because there's no super slow corners. Yes, we've got a couple of hairpins, but they're constant radius, second gear, quite quickly into third gear-type corners. So their ability to get horsepower down to the ground should not be a major issue. And I think they'll be well suited to it, not including the fact that they've done a lot of work on those cars. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not we have... Uh, a little bit of a case of many of the Victorian teams upsetting a lot of the Queensland teams as a reverse seems to apply when the Queensland teams come to Winton being the two respective test tracks for each of the teams in the field but uh, yeah, I would expect that after some of the alterations to throttle bodies, air boxes, uh, the power steering situation that the Erebus cars will be getting a lot closer to uh, the mid-pack in qualifying and could well be in and around the top 10. We saw that at uh, Hidden Valley with Tim Slade, well inside the top 10 on genuine merit, not through good fortune. Mm.
2: And of course, uh, well, it's time to put the money on the line. Who's going to win?
4: Oh, looking at the format, I think it could change. And I'd expect that we might even have a sting in the tail. I wouldn't discount Van Gisbergen joining Wincup and Lounge for the Saturday win, based on the, uh, the two halves of the, uh, of the race for the halftime break. Slightly different format for Sunday will involve FPR. So hard to go outside the top four drivers in the championship. Top five if you include Shea Van Giesburg, and wild Wildcards, definitely Coulthard and Bright. And maybe, just maybe, Jono Webb might be able to climb onto the podium again for the first time in a while. He's been sniffing around it for a long time. Numerous fourth places and top ten consecutive finishes. Uh, I think John o. Webb could be the smoky in that pack on that track.
2: Mm. All right. In other V8 supercar-related uh, news now, and uh, Dick Johnson, his new book out by James Phelps, and uh, there's some interesting revelations being brought out in the uh, Sunday papers talking about his, uh, well, his experiences, particularly over the last few years.
4: Yeah, it was very revealing, wasn't it? And, and quite self-effacing. I guess everybody... Has, has known hemispherically that uh, D J R have not been in a state of particularly good health for some time. Uh, I guess what a lot of people didn't realise was that Dick's personal health has been very bad as well, and it's been a byproduct of some of the frustrations and and uh, and challenges of trying to run a team who, on the back of Ford, not. And, you know, putting in a significant amount of money for many years there and a couple of failed opportunities with different sponsors that for different reasons didn't turn out to be the way they'd hoped. And I actually was staggered, even though I thought I had a pretty good feel for it, at some of the numbers that were revealed, both the numbers in gross form of the losses that he faced, the numbers of selling his you know private collection for the amount of money he just needed to fire to the to Graham Bowden. And, and, and third to that, also the fact that... Um, you know, the pittance of income that, uh, that Dick's been living on. I mean, we've heard some sad stories about Dick in days gone by and uh, he's been fortunate enough to have some good people around him at different times. But I'm just hoping there's another, not tooth fairy, but there's another good news story in store for Dick Johnson because it's a, it's a time-honoured team with a great rich history and, uh, you know, we haven't even got a Johnson in the field at the moment for the first time since God knows when. So, yeah, it took me back a bit. I must admit, when I read Phelps's, uh News Limited publication or uh, or article on sunday i didn't realize it was uh it was as bad and as uh, significant
2: as it was yeah, I know uh, a number of times when we've interviewed Stephen Johnson for the show, he has said the toll it's taken on my father and watching my father's health decline and and this really highlighted it when dick's you know a fairly proud man he doesn't talk about these things too often, but no. uh, here he was uh, you know just confirming all the things that Stephen had been saying over the years
4: yeah, no very. Very poignant um, and quite quite sad. I won't call it depressing. It is a tough game we're in, but uh, let's hope that the loyal band of followers and, and backers and you know, the young talent that he has in his team right now can find a way to, to get enough results to shore them up for the future because it, it must be a horrible thing to, to have to face that each and every day. And as he made mention of uh, the good fortune of having a couple of lovely grandchildren certainly is the highest highlight that he's had in the last eight or nine years, and even that 2010 championship, which I'm sure he got some enjoyment from with James Courtney, it was always clouded in, in some form of scepticism based on the relationship that was, uh, that was in, in sync with he and Charlie Schwerkold, which clearly didn't appear to be as harmonious as it may well have looked from the outside.
2: Mm. Well, Chris, uh, a first ever for V8 Insiders when we've only been able to get one guest with uh, Andrew Clark not making it through. But thanks very much for your time. Look forward to catching up with you up there in Queensland.
4: Yeah, I won't have any voice left, will I, for the commentary this weekend. But I'll do my very best. And uh, thanks, Craig. Happy to fly solo as best I can. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you at Queensland Raceway.
2: The white flag is up next. Chad Mostert joins us. I hope you'll stay with us.
1: To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at au. Stay tuned for more you've taken the v8 to the races you watch the action on tv now read about them in v8x magazine v8x magazine dedicated to just one thing v8 supercars showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now.
3: Hi, I'm Jonathan Webb from Techno Auto Sports, and you're listening to V8 Insiders.
2: On this week's White Flag Lab, brought to you by Munro Shock Absorbers. I caught up last week after testing with Chaz Mostert and spoke to him about how he's preparing for this middle run of the season.
0: Yeah, for sure, you know, we're just um, packing the truck up now and, um, yeah, it was pretty solid day testing for us. We um, did a few changes and... uh... Had a few pros and a few uh, cons about it, but um, yeah, no, a very solid test day for us, and um, a week and a half down the track, we're back here again for the race weekend, so it was a very valuable day.
2: What about your season so far? You've come in late, but immediately you've just found a home in the main game, running up in that top 10, or right at the top 10 mark.
0: Yeah, for sure, you know, hanging around there has been um, brilliant, and, and racing some of the guys that have been around in this category for years, and you know, a lot of legend, legendary status on a lot of those guys and and, and racing wheel-to-wheel wheel with them is a, a dream come true and, um, you know, for some weekends, sticking to them is a really nice feeling.
2: And, of course, uh, you haven't been afraid to mix it up. There's been people complaining, oh, he's bumping me, he's rubbing me, but I guess you look at it as that's racing in the main game.
0: Yeah, for sure, you know, I think it's pretty hard for some young rookies to come into the field and, um, you know, get respect to... Um, straight away from a lot of the other competitors, you know, and I'm one of those big believers. That if you get respect, you, uh, if you get respect, you give respect back, and um, you know, and you, you definitely find out there that there's some guys um, that race harder than others when they when they um, you know they're fading away with, with their tire life or anything like that. But it's all a whirlwind adventure for me, and I'm just loving every moment of it.
2: Mm. You've come into the team uh, up there at the Dick Johnson Race Racing, and they were in a bit of a lull, and you immediately were able to jump the car forward. What do you put that down to?
0: I think, um, you know, the, the team definitely had a good base, basics, um, base base for them with the cars and all that kind of stuff, it being FPR cars and stuff like that. Um, I was very lucky enough to bring my engineer from the first round of the development series with me, Adam Deborah, and he's a, i put him in a bit of a guru status. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely love working with him and I think we've just been chipping away and, and getting the, you know, obviously having FPR with four cars and and being up in the pointy end and using that data as much as we can and and you know fine-tuning it for what I like a little bit different to them I think we've we've made a very good um, you know uh, baseline of, of the car and stuff like that so uh, and it's good to come to these test days and try and try and tune it up a little bit more and then hopefully get a couple more positions in the in the in the racing to try and get around that top 10 mark again
2: since Morgan Park where you had your first run for Dick Johnson racing is is this the only other test day that you've had?
0: This is our first um, real test day. Like the first day, uh, more um, run it as an evaluation day of you know of the car and what's different and stuff like that. But yeah, this is the first day we've gone away and we've actually had a plan to to try some different things. And um, instead of trying to test on a race weekend where you don't have that much time and trying to find a setup in the car, we this today. We you know we got out of, got out of the house and um, yeah, definitely dialed some things in we probably wouldn't think of on, on a race weekend.
2: Mm. And for yourself and Adam where you're based in Melbourne have you actually relocated up to Queensland or are you just commuting in and just flying in uh, whenever they need you?
0: I'm still um, flying in because three days a week I work with full performance racing um, you know being in, in on the workshop to help an hour I can and um, Adam's um, located in Melbourne as well so it's good to have the, the driver and engineer kind of together so we can spend as much time as we can together and also try and get as many flights up to Queensland to see all the boys at DJR to um see how they're all going as well as as often as we
2: can how does how do you work then with adam because obviously adam would be wanting things done to the car but he's having to do it by skype and and uh emails
0: yeah for sure you know um obviously his engineer talks to an engineer so the engineer on on car 17 of tim blanchard's car is uh his nickname is rowdy and he um you know relays the data back down to the mechanics that adam sends through and stuff like that so and it seems to be working pretty pretty good at the moment, so we'll keep uh, keep that happening. And then if, if something changes in the future, you know, we'll just have to look around it and um, see what's going to be best for, for Car 12 and Car 17 in the long run. Mm.
2: What do you think it's been with yourself and Scotty McLaughlin and uh, Scott Pye? You've all just got in there and clicked so well. What do you think it is that you young guys just seem to be so confident and confident and comfortable in these cars?
0: I think we're um. You know, all of us are really hungry for it, you know. We've, we've um, grew up over the years and, and we've seen a lot of uh, drivers, you know, make it and a lot of drivers fall. And, and the only real um, way to make it is, you know, give it your all when you're there and um, and, and never look back as, as long as you can. And um, I think, um, you know, Scotty Pye and Scotty McLaughlin and, and myself, I think we were all giving our red hot go. And, and now we'll, we'll fight, figure out in the, in the next year or so if, um, if it was all worth it or not, you know, trying our hardest right now and, I think in in any category you race, I think you've always got to try hardest and you've got to enjoy it, or there's no point racing anymore.
2: Now, I want to know about the excess baggage going up to Queensland, and also as you're wandering around the shop floor at FPR, is like Frosty or Will's car or or Dave and Alex's car. Do you, they seem to be missing one part, which is, happens to come up to yours?
0: Uh, not really. You know, they tested today, so we're actually kind of almost on phone calls between sessions and seeing seeing what they did and and if they got any more pros than what they test. So it was almost like a a fifth car at Winton, but not really. It was kind of in Winton uh, at at Queensland Raceway, sorry. So it's um, really good for us to test up here too, you know, um, and and relay our data back to them because obviously the round's up here in the next week and a half and and our um, information will be really valuable for those guys as well. So it's good to be give those, um, you know, one day give give something back to the team that seem to give us every round because they've been to and, and they seem to kind of dominate as well and be at the front. So it's good to give something back every now and then.
2: Mm. Was there a big difference between a FPR car and a Dick Johnson car?
0: Well, I haven't really driven the, um, had a red-hot go in the Car of the Future FPR car, but stepping out of my FPR Development Series car, I'm, and um, in a DJI FPR Falcon is, um, you know, there's not much different. The front end feels very similar. Um, you know, obviously the whole rear of the car has changed, so it kind of feels like that little bit of disconnectivity with the rear of the car just, just through the corner of the, um, in some stages, mid uh, entry to mid-corner. It's just something trying to trying to work it out and get everything working together and, and um, try and make it as quick as you can, you know, and if you look at the past, the car of the past has... So many years of um, development,
2: and now we're just this is our kind of first year in Car of the Future. So maybe give it three to five years down the track, and I think you are going to have some pretty quick cars out there. My thanks to Chaz Mostert there, also to Chris Jewell. As the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, till next time around, keep smiling and bye for now.
1: Join us next week for more V8 Insiders only on V8X.com.au.